Our second reading comes from Hebrews, Hebrews 10. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through the flesh, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promises faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. This is the word of the Lord. The grace and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. That this world in which we inhabit, it is a beautiful world. That how many different places out there in this creation inspire us to awe and wonder and thanksgiving to God for all that he has made. Just think about all of the complexities of how God has made you and formed you and shaped you. Doesn't it simply cry out for praise? That think about all of the blessings of the life that fills all that is there. That there are so many reasons to thank and praise the Lord, but we know and we recognize that as beautiful as this world is and as amazing as we might see so many things in it, that we know that we live in a broken world. One that is still touched by much darkness, one that experiences much pain. We live in a world that finds itself still dealing with problems and pains and issues and things that just simply begin to weigh down and burden us. That as we go about our work, as we go about our life, how often do we begin to feel that bad news pressing down upon us or simply that worn out and weary experience of life in a broken world? That there is much good and much to praise, but we recognize that there is also much that affects us. And that is why we come here to this place. That throughout our days and throughout our very places is that we come to this place of all places to hear the good news. That of all of the voices that are out there calling our attention this way and that out there in the world is that this is that place that we come to hear that voice of the Lord, the forgiveness and grace and gospel forgiveness of a Savior who loves us, one who gives us hope, gives us promise, gives us peace amidst all these things. See, over these last six weeks, we've had the chance to spend time in our being challenge reflecting and thinking about those places where we come into contact and connection with God. Not that somehow by these habits or by these practices that we are somehow earning our way or finding our place or somehow making Him happy. <laughs> that no, we do these things because this is the very places that Jesus has promised that this is where He meets us, this is where He is at. 
That as we learned in that second week, that idea of committing to community, how is it that we connect with those that aren't just simply friends or neighbors, but those who are a part of that family of God? That as it says in the Scriptures, where two or three gather in my name, there I am among them. And then we had the chance to look at what it meant to study Scripture, to look deep into the Word of God that proclaims not only Christ crucified, but Him risen and reigning, and Him who comes to you to give that promise. So we began to talk about what it meant to prioritize prayer. To think about not only do we have a God who desires to hear our greatest needs, our greatest wants, our greatest worries, but He promises to answer us as well. Last week we had the chance to think about seeking solitude. What does it mean in this world of noise, this world of chaos, this world that fills our ears with so much? What does it mean to step away, even if it's just for a moment or maybe longer, for us to find that it is only by His very peace, only by His very care that we can rest, that life is not just us working and working and working, but it is in His very promise that as we step back, we come to rest. I mean, in the broad scheme of things, as we come to the sixth and final week, and as we think about what it means for us to choose church, why do we come again and again in the midst of all of those things? See, some might begin to say, well, I connect with God the best out there in nature. There are things that simply draw my mind to Him and just bring that praise out. Well, when was the last time that nature told you about the very forgiveness of sins and proclaimed a Savior who died for you? That nature might inspire, it might draw out, but it does not have the saving message that is preached and proclaimed. That others might say, well, I connect God best. Well, in the quiet places, you know, that seeking of solitude. There in my bed on Sunday morning, that's, that's where I just really connect with God. <laughs> Is it sure that's maybe seeking solitude, but not resting in the promises and peace that is there for us today? See, today we want to think about what it means for us to put this habit into our lives. In a day and age that continues to change, where we went from 1999 that there were 2% of Christians that were surveyed that said that you could believe in Jesus and have a great relationship with Him without attending church. So now it's jumped to over 10%. And then we continue to see those various changes of what it means to, I'm regular in church, has changed from weekly to maybe monthly I check it out when I can. So the question is, that why do we choose church? That what is so important there? See, today we come face to face with that promise of what is it that we're doing and what is it that this place uniquely has to offer us? It offers a family, a friendship. It offers a place where we continue to hear that very voice of God. 
that our author of Hebrews writes to us today of what it means for us to gather as the church and what it means compared to all of those who came before Jesus. See, this is what the author of Hebrews has to say to us today. He says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to the enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and the living way that He has opened to us through the curtain, is that since we have such a great high priest over the house of God. Did you hear it? Did they hear the very earth-shattering, life-shaking news that the author of Hebrews says. Now, I think probably most of you are like, what? <laughs> uh, I, I kind of heard it, but what do you mean? The author of Hebrews, who's he writing to? He's writing to the Hebrews, the first century Jews, those who found themselves, the men and women who knew all of the Old Covenant, all of the Old Testament, all of the promises that was there. They knew that temple system that again and again they would come with their sacrifices, they would come with their very praise, they would come to find that very place where they would lay down an animal in their place for their sin. That this was that holy place that they would gather and come. And see, that's where we begin to need to understand what is it that he's talking about. See, when you came into the temple, you didn't just come in to the temple and just barge your way in. The first, there was the temple courts of the Gentiles, that if you weren't part of the people of Israel and connected, is that you could come this far and no further. That then was the temple court of the women, and then came the temple court where there find you, the sacrifices and everything else, is that slowly but surely some were let in but not others until you came to the place of the great temple curtain, the holy of holies, no one, I mean no one, except one person was allowed into the holy of holies except for one single day of the year. The high priest was let in on one day of the year to indeed present the very sacrifice that cleansed and purified that temple that God would make His presence known and that God would be among them. That this is how serious they took this curtain, is that they would literally tie a rope to the foot of the high priest before he would go in. So can you guess why? Well, what happens if something happens to him? What happens if he passes out? What happens if he has a heart attack? What happens if he approaches wrongly? Is that we're not going in there. We're just going to drag him out here. <laughs> That's how seriously they took it. And yet when Jesus died on the cross, what is the Scripture proclaimed that happened? That not just an earthquake shook the land, not just darkness over the earth, but what happens but the very temple curtain was torn in two, and God made His presence available to all. So what does the author of Hebrews say? 
since we have a confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, since we have this great high priest that now welcomes and invites us in, do we stand at the door and then walk away? When God has such an invitation to come into his presence, into his holiness, to enter into him, do we say, I don't really need that? <laughs> what does the author say? He said, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. That let us hold fast to that very confession of faith. That the one who has grabbed us and saved us and plucked us up out of the very damnation that we deserve and washed us clean and given us hope, <laughs> That He is the one who holds us. So can't we simply just help ourselves to cling and to hold also to Him? But He says, let us consider how to stir up one another in love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, but encouraging one another. See, that this is that place that we come to hear that good news and be changed by that presence of God. But it's also in this place that we have a community, a community that the author says that there are two things that we are encouraged to do, to stir up one another. Well, the word that's used there is a little different. It's to poke, to prod, to provoke one another. Now, that sounds kind of one of those, I have a brother that already does that. I don't need more church members to do that. Now, the word that is used there is one that is used of animal, you know, animal kind of taming, that, that whole idea of stirring them in a direction. See, there are sometimes that need of other people in our life that might have to say a hard, honest truth that we need to hear, to poke, to prod, to give us the honesty that we need, that some of you out there are too happy to be those truth-tellers. <laughs> So maybe you might need to dial that back. <laughs> but there are some that might need to speak up. But the second thing he says is that we are to encourage one another, to be those who comfort, who, those who console, those who give that listening ear and that quiet and encouraging word. That we are to be both of those things. To be those who are not afraid to speak the truth, but those who bring a word of gospel and grace. Isn't that why we come here? That in a world that is filled with enough bad news, <laughs> is that we hear it all over the news, we hear it all over our lives, that we are surrounded with negative voices and those who say of just how bad things have gotten. So we know what it means to be burdened and heavy laden with that very bad news that is out there that we come to this place for the good news that Jesus has for us, of one who loved us so much that He gave up everything to make us His own, one who cared for us so much that in a moment where everyone else in the world looked and said, how could it get any worse, this so-called Messiah is now a could-have-been. 
No, on that cross that the world looked and said, what's that? What good can that do that the church has come to know that it is in that cross and that mess that we saw as Jesus laid himself down for us that God indeed has dealt with our mess, our sin, has cleansed us from all of that that is that dirty, filthy reality and purified us and sends us back out. That today we come because here we hear that good news, that we hear of a Savior who has loved us and delighted in us, and we come again and again. For as one author puts it, that unfathomable oceans of grace are in Christ for you, Dive and dive again. You will never come to the bottom of these depths. How many millions of those dazzling pearls and gems are at this moment hid in those deep recesses of the ocean of His grace? Then may you dive in to a grace that knows no bounds and has no end. May it give to you this day and every day that very peace of God that surpasses all understanding, that regards your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. And so at this time, I invite you to join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given to us the gift of your grace. You have given to us Jesus Christ and that very place for us to come and to gather, to encourage and to support, and at times to even speak truth. We pray that you would guide us as a community of Christ, and may we continue to be dedicated to all that you have to offer and all that you give to us now. Bless and keep us as we go forth, and may we continue to remind ourselves that you truly are our King, the one who has done all for us. It's in your Son's name that we pray. Amen.